This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Listen, I want you to picture this with me. You're in bed, you're tucked in, finally dozing off to sleep when out of nowhere you hear this. Sound familiar? You might be experiencing that more than usual at the moment because it is fly season. Thomas White is the senior lecturer from the School of Life and Environmental Sciences at the University of Sydney. Hello, Thomas. Hello. Is that a familiar scenario for you? It it is indeed, yeah. I've just waved off uh, a few myself. Those mozzies are out and about in force at the moment, yeah. Yeah, and, and the flies. I was trying to sleep the other day in the one it kept. It was just one in the room and it was so <laughs> slow. I've got a lot of lazy flies around yeah. at the moment. Yeah, some of the big ones, uh, the March flies, the blow flies, those bigger, clumsier ones. Yeah, you can hear them a long way away. And if you get just one of them in the room with you, you'll know it. If you have a question for Thomas, now is the time, one three hundred eight hundred triple two, or a tip on how to keep <laughs> flies away. Uh, you can also text in 0437-774-774. How many kinds of fly species do we have here in Australia? We have somewhere around twenty to 30,000 different flies in Australia. There's about a million worldwide. Um, but with that said, we've only described, so we've only formally know about four or 5,000 of them. So, yeah, they're an incredibly diverse group, but we're still just coming to grips with exactly how many we've got. Is there a most common fly? For sure. There are some, a handful that we'd come across sort of day to day. Um, the mosquito, which a lot of people don't realise is a fly, but it, it is a fly. Um, then there's house flies and uh, bush flies, which are the ones that if you're out walking and if you're a bit sweaty like I am, um, you know, they're the ones that are on your shoulders that you're sort of swatting away from your face. And then otherwise, bigger, noisier ones like blowflies or those march flies as well, which are, are out at the moment. Um, they're big, clumsier things, but they're, they're the ones that are liable to give you a good bite as well. Mm. And you know what? I, I have to go back to something you said, which I, I never knew. Mosquitoes are flies. They are indeed, yep. Um, you know, significant. They're d- distributed the world over. Um, extremely significant in terms of their, you know, interactions with us, of course, as mostly as, as vectors or carriers of some various diseases. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've got, you know, they're two pairs of wings there. They're, they're flies well and truly. The question on everybody's lips... Is it bad to follow, uh, swallow a, a fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little bit of protein. Um, I think, you know, and increasingly we're relying on alternate sources to, to feed ourselves and others. So, look, one, one fly, I don't think will do you too much harm. Why does warmer weather see more flies buzzing around? Yeah, it, it, this year in particular has just been perfect for insects. So it's been a fairly mild winter, which means a lot of those flies and other insects that um, sort of shut down and hibernate over winter. They will have survived quite well because it's been fairly mild. And then this early warm start to spring, you know, really a, a across the country has just been mm. ideal. Those, those above 30 days, um, a couple of heavy rains. Um, it's just perfect insect weather. So that's why the, the flies this year, especially following a couple of fairly drizzly years, um, have just been booming. Yeah. Do, do you think there are more than usual? 
I think so, yeah. Insects in general, and certainly yeah, the, the more common flies, there's been a real boom uh, just at the beginning of, of spring here. It'll, the numbers will level out a bit as, as we go along, as they always do. But yeah, I think the, the, the initial pulse has been particularly strong this year. On the text, uh, this is a question for you. How do you yeah. get rid of a bar fly? A bar fly? Look, <laughs> sorry, that took me a minute. It's early in the morning. But yeah. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, yeah, flies at bar, yeah, bars. Must be a lot of peanuts on the bar. <laughs> Look, a bit of personal repellent and, you know, working on your, your Aussie salute, just waving them away, I think, like any fly. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just, just tell them I've Shoot got boundaries. Yeah, uh, exactly. On the text, if you eat a fly, it's good for your microbiome. Is that correct? Oh, that, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, the, the studies behind it, but I look, it, it wouldn't do you really any harm, I can't imagine, unless you were very, very unlucky. So a little bit of protein. Now, I have a question. I, I'm in, I mentioned yesterday that the house I live in is very open and exposed. Like in some parts, there's no doors and <laughs> no walls. I, I live yeah. in the tropics in Darwin, and it's just a house that's designed to be open. And um, yeah. we hardly get any flies or mosquitoes inside. It's an elevated house, but I'll hmm. be in somebody's house that's ground level, and they get so many flies and mosquitoes. Is it about the height or location? Yeah, a bit of both. That's interesting to hear and um, yeah, impressive. Uh, with a bit of height, look, my best guess for things like mosquitoes would just be that there's some better targets around. So if you're away from standing bodies of water and there's not much sort of on the ground in terms of you know um, rubbish around the house sort of thing, like we often have our bins just outside, um, I think they might just have a, a better target in mind nearby, but that's very interesting to hear with the muzzies especially. Yeah, very surprising. Uh, what what type of things can attract flies? Uh, yeah, look, it depends on which flies in particular, but there's, there's nuisance ones that we sort of get around the house or that hustle us in our, our bedrooms. Standing water is a, a big one for mosquitoes, so they, they lay their eggs in water and they develop there, so if you can keep that away from you, um, that's always a good idea. Otherwise, flies are really excellent decomposers, but that does mean that, you know, if you've got your compost near the house or just bins and waste in general, that can be attractive to them. Um, and so those are probably the two big things that would bring them near nearby the home. Let's say if you have some rubbish that you forgot to take out and you think, I'll do it in the morning, and you come back and there are maggots galore waiting for you, what is the best way to get rid of maggots? Is it picking them up one by one if they've crawled out onto the floor? Oh dear, yeah. Maggot, look, generally we encourage and I just encourage a bit of physical control. So sweeping them up and just chuffing them off into the bin or outside into the garden. Um, the last thing I, we want to do is sort of immediately reach for all those sprays and things which have such a broad and negative consequences for all our other lovely insects. So yeah, just probably being sweeping up the mess and, you know, remembering for next time. Andy, in Batemans Bay, you have a question for Thomas. How are you? Comment. Oh, good. It, um, the weather, as the weather's warming up, we're getting more of the flies around and um, I've found, uh, not sure, up in the north, maybe the cassowaries or those kind of birds would um, eat eat the flies and uh, mm. chook. Uh, we have lizards, uh, birds, I'm sure, as well. I was just sort of put a comment in about 
all the creatures, if we encourage them, they'll uh, help control the flies, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And if you've got some friendly helpers around the home, that could also be doing a, a great job. Um, they're also encouraging other insects, so things like wasps and even other flies. There are uh, parasitoid flies around, so they're flies that actually lay their eggs in and eat other flies. Um, so, yeah, if, if we could encourage some helping hands around the place, that could certainly keep the numbers down as well. Mm, and... and... Is it true that flies, they're also involved in in spreading pollen, like bees? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, we're used to our honeybees out there. We've got about 2,000 species of native bee as well that are doing hard work. But flies themselves are brilliant pollinators. Many of them are essential to keeping various crops going. There are lots of orchids and other flowering plants that are only pollinated by flies. Um, so blowflies are, are great pollinators. Um, hoverflies, which you'll see throughout the year, but especially through winter, they're sort of hovering just at the surface of the flowers there. They're brilliant pollinators and really essential. So, yeah, they're doing doing the hard work for us and helping our plants reproduce. Mm, on the text, Tim said, can you compare marsh flies and march flies? Um, marsh flies and march flies and horse flies we start to get a bit fuzzy with common names, which is what that these are. Um, and really, they can all kind of be used interchangeably. And depending on the person you're talking to and the fly that they're referring to, um, but there's a group that there's sort of a few hundred species that can lump in there. But they're they're all fairly used interchangeably for large, fairly slow flying, noisy flies that will land on you and they actually cut you with their, their mouth parts or they pierce you as well and they can be leave quite a nasty welt. So probably often the same thing. On the text, uh, Paul said, I had a blowfly, a blowfly in my bedroom the other night. Uh, the buzzing was one thing, but the bouncing off the walls was another thing <laughs> and he swatted it. Oh, just uh, how could he? Um, look, I, I mean... <laughs> We've all got to sleep, so, you know, I can extend uh, some understanding that way myself, yeah. Emma wants to know, uh, is it true that March flies are attracted to blue or or is this just a campfire myth? So are March flies attracted to blue? Yeah, they look at flies in general or different species will have different colour preferences, but blue is certainly a popular one. Um, and, yeah, for March flies, I would expect uh, blues, yellows and actually whites as well. Those big, bright, bold colours tend to be more um, attractive to flies because flies in general have pretty poor colour vision. So yeah, those those big, bright, bold colours, um, blue, yellow, white, those are often the, the flowers as well that flies pollinate will be those colours. You're joined by Thomas White. Thomas is an evolutionary ecologist and entomologist and also the senior lecturer from the School of Life and Environmental Sciences at the University of Queensland. Thomas, somebody uh, text in the, uh, the, the lyrics or the jingle <laughs> that you might be familiar with. The old Louis the Fly, Mortine <laughs> ad from the 1990s there. Uh, on the text, Fergus said, I know there's no answer for this, but why do flies know the second you open a 
door. They're straight in. Is there an actual reason for this, Thomas? Are they? Is it just by coincidence they're hanging around or do they have a fast reflex? Good question. Uh, a bit of both. Um, I think it's probably just a numbers game. There are that many out there that they're just waiting for that, that smell of carbon dioxide that sort of wafts out from inside. Um, and they are quick as well. So they actually, most flies, they... It's, it gets weird, but they can actually perceive time faster than we can. So they they, they sample the world at a much faster rate, um, which is also why we have such a tough time swatting them away because we're just a big lumbering thing coming at them and they've got plenty of time to get out of the way often. Mm, all right. On the text, Heather says, I have a joke about flies. What <laughs> do you call a fly without wings? Is it a walk? Yes. <laughs> Have you been told that before? I haven't, and it's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> you worked it out. You worked it out. Uh, on the text, where do flies go at night? There are too many of them to just disappear. <laughs> yeah, uh, like all of us, they just need a bit of rest. There are some that are night active, but by and large, they're diurnal, meaning that they're day active, and they'll just sort of shut down and hang out. They'll they'll go to ground. They'll land wherever they do, on plants, on the grass, on leaves, on waste, depending on the species we're talking about. And they just kind of shut down and rest for the evening. There you go. Uh, Chris said, Lisa, is there any way to stop bot flies laying their eggs on horses? Now, first up, what is a bot fly and can you get them to stop laying those eggs? Oh, dear. That's an, on horses, that's an interesting one. Um, so bot flies, yeah, they're, we know them because they, they're sort of a, a large, noisy fly. They lay their eggs and they develop into um, sort of maggots beneath the skin. Um, and they'll do that in some of our livestock. They'll do that in people as well. And some people, yeah, almost as an experiment, they, you know, enjoy it and you can incubate this fly in you. And they won't do you any real harm but um i'm looking at photos of this process yeah. it's it's so wait they go into your skin how long can i just describe the photo that i'm looking yeah, at as please. well it's yeah. somebody's arm there's a few tufts of hair and you can see what essentially looks like a maggot half hanging out of the <laughs> the person's skin so they've dug a hole it's almost like a mini volcano of skin has come yeah. up and the maggot is going or flies going straight into it uh, why would you want to do that, and is that safe? <laughs> it's it's a bridge too far for me. Psychologically, it wouldn't be safe for me personally, but um, having that beneath my skin. Um, look, I mean, one or two won't do you any great harm. They, won't, they don't sort of poison you or anything like that, and people, yeah, do sort of out of curiosity incubate them. Um, on mass, they would start to be a bit of a problem, um, and certainly for our, you know, our livestock, our horses as well. Um so yeah, in keeping them away, just keeping them, keeping your horses covered, I, I suppose. You know, those nice, loose-fitting sort of um, sheets, uh, you know, blankets to keep them off. Beyond that, um, I'd, I'd have to give it some thought. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I now I know this isn't flies, but. You are an entomologist. And on the text, Jeff said, uh, Lisa, this is not fly related, but here in Sydney, I found the largest cicada since I was a child 60 years ago. Is it because of the weather, Jeff wants to know? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it, it could be. And um, we're coming up to their season, so it tends to be, that would be an, a fairly early cicada. But yeah, yeah, it certainly could be. Um, and I'm, I 
it's hard to predict Cicada seasons as well because they can be so boom and bust. Like it can take a few years for the population to bounce back. I remember there was a, a massive Cicada season a few years back. Um, but yeah, that would be an, an early bird, but it, it is coming up to their time of year for sure. Now, how much are flies attracted to human sweat? Because when you're running, uh, often you can't outrun a fly. They might just be travelling with you. <laughs> that, that's it, and that's my, my curse. Um, certainly things like bushflies, um, mosquitoes, yeah, they'll love... So mosquitoes love um, the carbon dioxide, actually, more than the sweat. But the bushflies absolutely love the sweat itself. So they're they're on our on on my back, on on your face, and drinking up all those little salts and nutrients that they, they can actually extract from our sweat. Um, so yeah, a lot of them will make use of us as big slow mammals, you know, for a nice food source. Mm, on the text, Louis the fly ad was written by novelist Bryce Courtney. Is that so? Oh. I did not know. Uh, Helen yeah. in Hillsville. Hello. Good morning, Lisa and Thomas. Good morning. Good morning. What's your question or, or comment? Oh, I had a question. I was wondering, a few years back I bought a little gadget at the pharmacy that I thought maybe it emitted a sound. I'm not sure. It ran mm. on a battery. And when I'd walk into town, normally the flies would bother me, especially around the face, but it stopped the flies from bothering me. I was wondering if Thomas knows how it worked. Yeah, interesting. There are quite a few gadgets out there on the market. Um, some of them, are, you know, there's been some interesting studies on them, and some of them work better than others. Um, the noise ones, I by and large haven't fared very well in terms of their effectiveness, um, from my understanding. And the, the principle is that they fly here in a very different register to we do, so kind of like um, you know dogs do as well. And these things are supposed to emit a sound that annoys them sufficiently to, to get oh. rid of them. Um, oh, but, yeah, it's interesting to hear that it works for you. Um, but, yeah, by and large, I, my understanding is that they're, they're not so great, but interesting to hear that it, it works for you. Maybe the heels for flies are different. The mice are different. The mice are more intelligent. <laughs> he made the flies are a bit sillier. <laughs> that must be it, Helen. You, you knew it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thomas, Sonia said, hello. Do flies have good eyesight? I'm sure they hide as soon as I pick up the spray. <laughs> Some of them do. Um, yeah, by and large, they, they do. As I said, they can kind of sample the world much faster than we can. Um, it's the world would be fuzzier to most flies, so we've 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 got a nice clearer view. But for them, it works just fine. Um, and some of them have really outstanding eyesight because they snatch other flies out of the air to eat them. Um, and so yeah, they can they can see us coming quite some way away. Are flies ever dangerous? They can be. Most the the most significant impact would be from things like mosquitoes as carriers of other diseases that are very dangerous mm. to us. So all of these, you know, rough river, dengue, malaria still kills quite a lot of people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people across the world, especially in the global south. Um, so that would be the main way in which they're dangerous. Otherwise, it's sort of their bites and nicks and things like that, and you get allergic reactions. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before you go, Thomas, what are the best ways to deter flies? Uh, we've heard the spray or the squat, <laughs> uh, the sounds. What What do you think's the best? Yeah, really just a, if they're a, a real nuisance, um, a bit of personal repellent. So anything with 
DEETs, those sort of roll-on topical repellents, um, are handy. And they do the trick, and they're very targeted as well. So they just keep them off you. Um, otherwise, depending on where you live, but loose-fitting clothing is always a good idea. That stops them getting through or uh, to hassle you. Um, keeping them you know, around the house nice and clear of water and, and waste. And yeah, otherwise, the, the, the sprays are just the, the very last resort because they do so much harm to all of our lovely, wonderful native insects as well. Um, so making sure the fly screens in the house are up to date, but otherwise just try and shoo them away. Work on that Aussie salute. Thomas, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank you. On ABC Radio, Thomas White, Senior Lecturer from the School of Life and Environmental Sciences at the University of Sydney. He's also an evolutionary ecologist and entomologist.